Rebecca and this is the Unshaken Book Chat. We're glad you're joining us again for this episode which is um, our essay number five or chapter five. We only do about 20 minutes of conversation and really that's all it takes you to read the chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, They're really good chapters. I hope you'll join us. The book is called How to Be Free from Bitterness and if you have If you haven't listened to any of them, you might want to head back and start listening to the first book chat we had because they kind of go in order and they do, we do tend to talk about things we talked about last week. So you might want to go back and listen in order, but they're just real short and we have a few more to do. Thanks for listening to the Unshaken podcast and you can find it on your favorite podcast directory. Make sure you subscribe so you can get regularly scheduled episodes. They drop every Thursday and this season four focuses on living out your faith in real life. So these book chats, as Julie said, she's doing additionally to um, the normal great episodes. Yeah, and they're so practical. Mm -hmm. I mean, Erica and I both have read this book prior to doing this, and then we're reading it again, and we both have said, wow, we could like make this be something we read every year, right? Yes. It could be like on our our book list for the year, just permanently there. Oh my, yes. It's good. It's good to talk about. Okay, so this week we're going to talk about this chapter five, which is taking offense. So what's this particular chapter about, Erica? Well, uh, this section is, as you just said, taking offense. And I once heard someone say that taking offense means that the offense must be taken or picked up. Um, So there's a challenge in this essay to not be overly sensitive and gain a heart of servitude when we are wronged. And this is not written by Jim Wilson. Right. I think it's written by his sister. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that brothers and sisters work together. Yeah, that's that's a great testament. Okay, so we always go to the end of the chapter and look at some of the questions. So we're going to walk through the questions today. I've said this before. If you have not read the chapter, you might want to go read the chapter and not just take our word for it. Mm -hmm. Because you might get something a little different out of it or God may prick your heart in a different place. But this is kind of what we do is talk through the questions. So the first question says to describe a time when you were accused or punished for something you didn't do. And I have a great story, Erica. Are you ready? I'm ready. So when I was in fourth grade, I mean, this is a long time ago, Mm. but I was in fourth grade and my fourth grade teacher had us all make Mother's Day cards for our moms. And when it was time, like the Friday before you go home for school, she was going to hand them out. We'd made like gifts and stuff and she didn't have mine. And she got very angry with me, this teacher. Now I was a a B student. I was, I never made it to the office, the principal's office. I mean, I didn't, I was pretty a decent kid. I would have wanted to have me as a student in the class, Mm -hmm. but she was angry with me. And she said, you did not make your mother a mother's day card. Like you didn't take the time to do that this week. She was so upset. Um, and I felt so bad. I went home and I found, you know, scraps of paper and made my mom a card. And my mom graciously didn't even didn't even know until July when I got a letter in the mail and in it was this Mother's Day card that I had actually made for my mom and I knew I had made it and I even told her but I was a little bit more timid so I didn't like you know fight with the teacher Mm -hmm. and an apology letter from my teacher because it had fallen behind her file cabinet and she found it when she cleaned her room out in the summer and boy oh boy I mean I felt so much better and kind of vindicated. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, it was something I didn't do and I could have, I mean, I was fourth grade, so Mm -hmm. I just went about playing outside and swimming, you know, I didn't really care, but clearly I did not do something wrong in that. Mm -hmm. And this teacher was upset. Hmm. Have you ever had a story like this? (laughs) Uh, I do have a couple and honestly one from fourth grade. Um, (laughs) 
as you said that, it made me think of this. Um, I went to a small private school when I was little and, um, my dad was a blue collar worker and, um, we, he was voting that way in the presidential election. And I remember being the only child in the class that was like our teacher had left the room and, um, not to get political in any way, but this was just the scenario. Um, I had said, well, my parents were voting for this particular candidate. And so the whole class turned on me and like mobbed me and wrote a big name on the board about me. And, um, it was awful. And I remember crying and possibly hyperventilating over that situation, but kids can be awful. Um, but it was kind of a mob mentality that I was being falsely accused or punished for something that I really didn't have any knowledge about. Well, and, and mom, Mobs tend to get together, and even if you had said, I use, you know, Colgate to brush my teeth with, and they all use Crest, (laughs) it would be like, yeah. Yeah, we know about mob mentality today very well. And I do have to say, I I sort of made myself sound like I was an angel child. I was not. This is the same classroom that the teacher would come around and check our lunches Uh at lunchtime to make sure we ate every single thing in our lunch. And if we didn't eat it, she would make us eat it, and we couldn't go to recess. She's a different teacher, but... Consequently, there was a huge orange my mom had put in there, and it, it was peeled, but I didn't really want to eat anymore. I was full, so I put it in my pocket, and I went down to the... This is really, truly happened. I went down to the bathroom, and I decided to flush it down the toilet because she would even go into the bathroom and check the garbage to see if we'd thrown things away. Well, later on, after we had like an afternoon recess, I walked by that bathroom, and it had out of order on the whole thing. <laughs> Because the water, I know when I flushed it, the water just kept coming because it got stuck. Oh, my God. So I'm not an angel child. I just want to make that very clear. So Oh, that's really anyway. funny. Okay, but did well, this experience yeah. make us better? Did it make us better or did it make us bitter? How about you? Well, okay, I, I have to say that was like one of, you know, many other situations that started to give me a little thick skin. So probably better uh, <laughs> yeah. if I didn't let it ruin me. So. Yeah. I know for me... I, like I said, I went about my life that summer. I loved getting that letter in the mail. Mm-hmm. I, I will say I did feel kind of vindicated by it. Like, yeah, she yelled at me. But um, it did teach me a couple things. I loved that that teacher took the time to write me an apology letter and reach out and say, I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have accused you or mm-hmm. assumed. It also taught me not to assume about people. Mm-hmm. It's so That's easy good. to assume that they've done something wrong or that their intention was so evil. And I think that's what she did. And consequently, I wasn't trying to be evil. I actually made my mom a card. So anyway, Mm -hmm. I think apologizing quickly, even when we mess up, is really important. And also not assuming the worst of people. Mm -hmm. Those are good things. Yeah, so um, one of the questions then moves into Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 8. And the question is, how is it possible to be like-minded with Christ when someone has wronged you? So I'll just read that passage of scripture it says have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by mm. taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross okay before you talk about this cuz i would love to hear your comments I just want to make this little side note. I love the book of Philippians. Mm. It is jam-packed with so much. 
I think I've said every podcast episode that we've had. I love the book of Philippians. If you are a new believer or if you have never read the Bible, go to Philippians and check it out. Um, there's some really good practical things in there. It's such a short read. Four chapters. You could do it this summer. Mm. That's just my commercial break. Yeah. Okay, back to Erica. Great commercial. <laughs> um, well, I was just thinking how when I was a younger Christian, I remember this this passage, and I remember thinking um, when it says, he did not count equality with God something to be grasped. Hmm. I did not understand what was so hard for Jesus to become human when I was hmm. younger in my faith. Um, and I... As I've understood my own sin more and his holiness right. more, this makes a lot of sense. Yes. So there's this huge chasm between sinful man and holy God. For Christ to even dwell among us in a body for 33 years was a sacrifice. Um, to be tired, to get sick, to do all those things. This is God in human form. So let alone to pay for our sins on a humiliating cross. Mm. Um he knew what it was to be despised. He knew what it meant to be rejected by his own creation. Hmm. Um, they spit on him, beat him, mocked him, and he still laid down his life willingly. So a um, couple things that I've been struck by through the years of like him allowing Judas to kiss him on the cheek when he right. betrayed him. I personally would have spit on someone yes. who was doing that to I, me. I'm with you. Um, he forgave Peter, who denied yes. him three times and even built his church on him. So these things strike me when I really think about um, being like-minded with Christ when I'm wronged. I mean, he was the example in every way to us um, of how he was like a sheep before the shearers. He did not speak when men mocked him. And he's our example in every way of how to mm. lay down our life. Yeah, that's really powerful. I think it it's really good to think through all the ways that Christ mm. lived this in his life mm. when he was on earth, you know, in the form of a human. It is crazy to think about. Like when you walked through some of those people that he forgave willingly and quickly. Mm -hmm. Wow, need to do that. I need to do that. Me too. I also need to remember, I think this is something we've talked about before, is that I'm a sinner mm. and we're all sinners. Mm -hmm. And I have to actually really expect people to sin because that's our nature. Um, I know we've talked about it, but for some reason, I think it's easy, easier to take offense when someone does something or acts in a certain way that I don't like. But I think it's really important that we remember that, that we're all sinners and we've all been there. I've probably offended I know I've offended people. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, you know, we need to remember that. Um, I think it's important. I, I also, the next section, it takes us into one of my other favorite chapters, which is, and a really common one at a, a wedding, but, um, and, and I think most people might read this at a wedding, but they probably don't live this always in their marriage, I'm afraid. Mm. It's 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 5. In fact, um, I actually taught, I think it's four through seven, actually. I actually taught this to my kids, too, if you're happy and you know it, but I will not sing it for yeah, you. Okay, I'd we'll like just to let hear that it. go. Yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> but I wanted to stop and camp out in these verses. Um, I actually, one of my favorite things to do um, when I'm studying a little passage and I want to go over it is to read it in a few different versions mm. um, because I think it helps to get a little different view. Now, I'm, I, I think you have to be careful which versions you use, but I do, I do think it's good. I, I personally read my Bible that I read every day is ESV, mm -hmm. English Standard Version, but I also like the New King James Version or the um, 
NASB. What does that stand for? Do you know? New American Standard. Awesome. Okay. I did not know. I had to think about it. And I, as a, when I was a young girl, I learned a ton of scripture in NIV. It's not my favorite translation to read, and I actually would not recommend reading it always. But because I memorized it, when I read, I often have it in my brain. So I wanted to read a couple verses real quick because this chapter has a lot of really good things about taking offense. Okay, so here we go. This is in the ESV. It says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. I really, in this particular version, am challenged when it says it is not irritable Mm. or resentful. Mm. Because when you're taking offense, that is actually what you're doing, is you are being irritable with others and you are becoming resentful. Erica, read the one that I have on on the list Mm -hmm. from New King James Version for us. Sure. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, Mm -hmm. but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Yeah, I love the, I mean, these are super convicting verses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's so much there. If I really want to be a lover of people like God loves me, there's so many good things. And the one that hits me here is love does not parade itself. Mm -hmm. Because I think when we take offense, we want our rights to be forefront. We're parading ourselves in front of others. And we're also looking out, seeking our own. And I just personally am challenged by that. I easily want to parade myself places. <laughs> That's really good. Okay, so the other version that I actually learned as a child, like at summer camp or something, is in the NIV. And again, it is scripture, mm-hmm. right? And God's word does not return void. So here it is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is, does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Uh, wow. I This particular version is something that God has challenged me in so many times in the last year and a half. Just that line, I think it's six words, it keeps no records of wrongs. Mm. I really easily keep a record of wrongs that someone's done against me. If I'm not careful, Mm -hmm. that list, I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago, is like a Google Doc, pages and pages. Mm. But that's not love. Mm. And I cannot, I I have to stop. And I think this is one of those verses that if you're going to memorize a verse, yeah, we read it at at, um, weddings or, you know, you might have it, you might have this one on a, you know, stuck on your wall somewhere, Mm -hmm. but there's so much here. If you actually think about it, what do you think, Erica? Yeah. I, I just find this passage so helpful when my heart is hitched on something, you know, to, (laughs) there's not a lot of checklists that 
it's almost a checklist that you can go through and say, okay, where am I not loving? Yeah. Um, where am I out of line? And if you come at it with that point of view, your God will correct your heart. <laughs> yeah, that's the right kind of checklist to have. Yes, that is well said. Um, there's so many ways that uh, we can just bring our heart back in line with the truth. And this is a, way, a great way to renew your mind. Um, nowhere in here does it say that love is love. Hmm. The definition of love is that God is love and he gets to define those terms. Amen. Yeah, you're so, right. Yeah. The, I mean, so many, we're talking about taking offense. Um, many today take offense at God's definition of love. It's offensive to them. It's not as inclusive as they want it to be. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make room for um, the way they want to express love. Um, in reality, it is not love at all. Right. Um, God gets to define those terms. And so he calls us to follow the truth of his word. I actually think one of the things we should be doing is we should be looking at our culture and the things going on in our world through the lens of scripture mm -hmm. versus looking at our scripture through the lens of the culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. We can't redefine what is in the Bible, we have to stay with what the truth of the Bible is and not create new definitions. Because I love how you said that God is love and he defines the terms. Mm -hmm. That's really important. And in our world, we don't, we don't hear that very much. And I'm sad to say, we don't even always hear that in Christian churches. Right. And we might not have the courage to believe it to be true anymore, but it yeah. is true. And we need to remind each other of that. And it is loving to share the truth with someone. And that is yeah. difficult in this day because we're persecuted for that in small ways. Right, right. Wow, that could be its own podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's go back to these questions. How are we asked to deal with those who hurt us? Erica, would you um, grab Romans 12 and... Hey, listen, we could read the entire chapter, but we don't have time on our podcast mm -hmm. to read the whole thing. So just read 17 through 21. But I would recommend that if you today have time, and I actually should say this differently, you should make time mm. today to read Romans 12. It's really a very good practical chapter, and it has a lot of really good things that fit in with our topic today. So Erica, share okay. it with us. Sure. It says, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Hmm. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Hmm. What do you think of that? Oh, this section of scripture is so solid and so challenging. Um, I personally have been convicted uh, through the years on in so much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Mm. And this whole book being about bitterness, I would say this, this verse has driven um, mm. so many of my uh, needs for confession and restoration with in different situations. So... I am particularly challenged. That doesn't mean it's not saying you must be at peace with everyone. It says in so much as it depends on you. So mm -hmm. some people dislike you or some people don't. You're not their cup of tea. That's fine. Right. But in so much as it depends on me, 
Mm-hmm. I need to have a clean heart. I need to be at peace with everyone. So that's been something I've really tried to work on. And going back to even what we said a few minutes ago, that doesn't mean we're always at peace with how people live. Right. Sometimes we do need to talk with them about something. Right. It may come up, but we still need to not hold that you know, against them right. in our hearts. Which goes back to taking offense, yeah. not taking up offense, um, but not carrying those things. And also just that God's love is transformative. There is no other religion that tells men to love their enemies and do good right. to them. Right, right. This is actually a gift to us that God gives us to um, yep. not only walk freely in this life, not taking up offense and carrying this baggage everywhere we go, but also it's transformative to other people that we might possibly win souls by the love of Christ and yes. showing it overtly to them. Amen. That's a really good point mm. that our witness, mm-hmm. you're right. We need to be doing this as part of our witness. Yeah. And I just real quick was thinking too, like we feel the weight of evil in our world today. Yes. It's fearful sometimes. And God just gives us something really simple. Don't be overcome by it. Overcome mm. it with good. Yeah. You don't have to be afraid. Right. You just have to stand and overcome it with yep. good. Now, maybe I'm being Pollyanna, but this is what God's word says. Yeah, and and it's a command. It's an right. imperative. Right. And so if God's word tells us to do it, we should do it. Mm-hmm. I, I just, before we jump into like our reflect and respond, I have to tell you a little fun story. When my kids were little, I made them memorize the verse, do not repay evil for evil. Mm. Because I, I thought that's really helpful, you know, like get mm-hmm. that in your brain. And so that's a good one. Until my daughter went outside and was having a uh, conflict with the neighbor girl. And she spewed that out. She said, well, do not repay evil for evil. And the other little girl said, well, you started the evil. <laughs> so I guess we need to teach our children tact and how we go about things. <laughs> It was very funny. We still laugh about it today. And we <laughs> remained good friends with that family. That's it's awesome. just, you know, neighbors become like sisters and brothers sometimes. Yes, yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how we are going to live this out, right? How do we reflect and respond on this section? Um, I, for me, I just think that um, thinking less of myself and more of Christ allows me to kind of rise above circumstances mm. and to not be a victim. I mean, it's just his example is everything. So Mm -hmm. if I can put myself in that, even a slight bit in his spot, uh, I can, I can rise above a lot of situations. Yeah. That's really good. We don't want to be a victim. Mm -hmm. I think our world says victimhood's okay. Mm -hmm. So we need to be careful that we don't believe what the world tells us to do with situations that hurt us. There Mm -hmm. are legitimate times But then I also think something that hit me, which goes along with that, is the idea that we should, it's always there in my brain, (laughs) we should not keep records of wrongs. Mm -hmm. I think um, if you are struggling right now, loving someone, if you want to hold offense against someone, if you want to keep a list of wrongs, if you are doing that mentally, and we all know we've done it, I challenge you to memorize that section in 1 Corinthians 13 every day, go over it. Because it is so powerful to think about what love is and then in turn what love isn't. And that particular verse that says it keeps no record of wrongs has really been impactful to me in the process of forgiveness. Mm. Because I want people around me not to keep a record of my wrongs. Mm -hmm. And I can do that for others. Mm. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm working on it. (laughs) That's good. 
Hey, we're so glad that you joined us again today. Erica, I'm glad you joined me too. Thank always, you. Always fun to talk with you. Thanks for and uh, next week, join us as we head into chapter six, which is called Bridling the Tongue. I think it's going to be a really excellent uh, chapter. Well, what am I saying this for? These are all really excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like every week I go, I think I got this down. And the next week I read another chapter. I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't. So, hey, join us next week as we talk about that. And join us for our my regularly scheduled episodes um, in this season's theme of living out our faith. Uh, you're going to love those two. They're really practical. Mm-hmm. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time. Mm-hmm.